Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man and activist who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name is Elle, and welcome to my new host, John. Hi, John. Hey, Elle. Hi. How's it going? It's going. Uh, we will miss Jen very much. Those of you joining us for a second season, thank you so much for your support. So John and I will will do some introductions, but uh, if you are listening to us for the first time, Jen was my co-host in season one. She is a wonderful person. She was a 20-year veteran of primarily stripping all over the country. She's moved on to have a career as a private investigator for the defense. We wish you well, Jen. You're the shit. You rock. And you're here to bring us an even more varied perspective than I could bring as a female person. Um, John, we're going to hear so much about your dick and your ass this season. <laughs> <laughs> and your boyfriend's dick. Yes. Yes. Uh... Uh, one of the things I loved about the last season was how much Jen and I had in common, both working in the same industry. Uh, one of the things that you and I are going to grow this season with is diving deeper into our differences. Also, thank you to everybody who followed in our first season. You can find us on Instagram, Strange Bedfellows PDX. So I'm John. Uh, I'm 22. I identify as a cis male. Uh, I am gay. Uh, Elle and I met on social media on Instagram, actually. And at that time, you were you were a lot younger. I mean, you're still pretty young. How old are you? I'm 22. Okay, and I'm 32. Um, so I'll make jokes that you don't get because you were a baby when I was coming of age. And I'll then, pretend laugh at all your old people references. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that Jen's gone, I'm the older person. So this is going to be a great new dynamic. It's time for me to grow up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're no, no, no. But, but you and I have really like, we've witnessed each other go through some major life events and some traumatic things. So definitely. I, yeah. I like to refer to you as my little brother from the internet. Yeah. You're my big sister. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we talk about everything. You have had your own share of, um, controversy. I mean, when, when we met, you had burned some religious texts on yes. YouTube. So my old username was burn the Bible. Um, and now it is metric.cafe. Um, I do believe I had used a Bible to light a Quran on fire. Um, oh my God. You burned them both. Yes. <laughs> I, equality. Um, yeah. because at the time I was a very, very angry atheist teenager 
and I've moved past the angry phase and now I'm just an atheist. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, you can only hold on to that anger for so long and eventually you get tired. So, But um, that was something we bonded over was our shared like frustration with a lot of the harms that organized patriarchal religion does. Absolutely, especially since when you look at any of these religions, it's always men at the head of the... Mm-hmm. organization so mm-hmm. i mean yeah yeah and we'll talk about patriarchy matriarchy in an upcoming episode uh so this is your self-help sex and politics podcast with ellen john uh so let's see i want to talk about menstrual cups can I we saw do that? that you had posted on your instagram and you'd gotten a lot of feedback from different women about their different experiences so tell me more about that yeah so it was definitely different people um, who have had bleeding experiences. So a menstrual cup is similar in the idea of a tampon, that it's something you put inside you to collect the blood. Uh, it's different in the way that it is entirely reusable and made from, I believe, silicone, or it's a synthetic blend of something that's hopefully not going to give me cancer. Um, but so you collect it inside of you, and it looks like a funnel, and it only looks like a funnel because the the nozzle like the skinny part um is actually the stem which you use to help retrieve it out of you so if i haven't described that sufficiently enough for you and otherwise still go to the web and type menstrual cup images you should see what they look like uh so or videos for a really good time (laughs) so i (laughs) so i I don't know how much like waste or cost goes into making these, but in theory, it is better for the environment to use these because you're not using boxes and boxes and boxes of tampons um, or pads. But wait, you mean you don't like reuse your tampons? Yeah, I wash them. Uh I can also hold my period like the Republican legislators. Just a little bit of Tide on there. (laughs) (laughs) So they come in different sizes, these menstrual cups. And I was actually gifted one by a a friend of mine. And she said, here, this one was too big for me. It kind of hurt a little. But they said it's better for women over 30 and women who have kids. And so immediately I was like, interesting. So the assumption here is, and much of the time this is the case, that as we age, we lose elasticity, and this includes in our vaginas. So I'm looking at the box, and I have it out in my living room now, but the Diva Cup is a well-known brand. It's not the only, but for the rest of the segment, I'm going to refer to my menstrual cup as a Diva Cup because that's the one that I've used. I've used two different ones. So Diva Cup comes in three sizes. Model zero, model one, model two. The diameter is pretty similar to all of them. Um, let's do millimeters because you're Euro. So 38 millimeters, <laughs> 41.18 millimeters, 44.35 millimeters. Uh, the main difference is the widths. They can hold more, but different ones are going to feel more or less comfortable. So model two is the one that says for women, and again, women, not just people, because Everybody bleeds, right? But it's marketed to women. It's marketed to cis women um, because it's pink and purple and has flowers on it. It's called Diva Cup. You wouldn't buy it if it didn't. Yeah. No. What about trans men? (laughs) (laughs) Because these things, it's like loofahs at Walmart. It was like men's loofahs and they're all brown and green and then women's loofahs and they're pink and purple. I walk through Walgreens and I'm just like, ah, gender. 
like mm-hmm. and just everything is colored either gray and blue for the men and pink and purple for the ladies because, i forget uh, about gender until i forget about my own gender until i have to buy something sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. it's really interesting how shopping can just remind you of like that mm-hmm. so anyway so i'm I I used this diva cup that my friend had gifted to me and she's like, oh, I boiled it. It's clean. And I was like, girl, it's been in your pussy anyway. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I did appreciate that she told me that because yeah, if anyone gives you a used menstrual cup, question that. <laughs> Sanitize. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so she said it was clean. I used it. It was fine. Um, the one she gave me was actually kind of uncomfortable. Uh, so I emailed diva cup. And I said that I was curious as to how they determine their sizing. I said, according to the packaging on that you have, it says that this one should feel comfortable, but it doesn't. How do you do your studies? Because I wasn't sure if I would even get a response, but I got a really good one. Um, Yeah, they so they it's so long. I'm not going to read it all, but they gave me warm regards. They told me all the measurements, which is why I could even read that to you before. Yeah. Um, And they had a bunch of questions for me. They wanted to know if I was comfortable. How long ago did I have my last child? Um, How many cycles have I used it for? Does it move up or out of place? Am I able to slide my finger around the cup after insertion to ensure it is fully open? That sounds uncomfortable to me personally. I was like, no. Like imagine if your butthole's feeling kind of raw and then you have some like a plug in it and then to like move your finger around the outside maybe. I mean, obviously a butthole and a a vagina is not the same. Yeah. I was like, no, I can't do that. Um, Am I a fairly active person? So I found that size one model one works for me the best. It is supposed to be uh, for people under 30 who have not had a vaginal or a cesarean childbirth. I was in labor for almost three days and I was pushing for three or four hours and my baby was nine pounds and then I had to have a cesarean. So in my mind, I had like almost a vaginal birth Yeah. because <laughs> like if I was going to get, quote, stretched out, that was the time. Uh, so I wrote back to them. I gave them my info. I said, yes, I am fairly active. I'm 32. My last child was seven years ago. They wrote back to me and they said, it sounds like you have um, tighter elasticity in your vaginal floor and everyone's different so the point of this entire segment was it's cool to ask these companies for information because sometimes they'll actually give it to you and I was I was less likely to support them until I got this great like customer service where I was like okay you acknowledge that vaginal sizes are different and vary upon the person however if you are more active if it has been longer since your last baby Um, you know, and then also just how your body is made. Like I'm five foot two and I'm very narrow waisted. So it makes sense that I would just be like small everywhere perhaps, but everyone has to do with your height. Yeah. Everyone's different. I know, I know girls, I know a girl who's five foot tall. She's like, I can't use big tampons. They're too big for me. It jams against my cervix. Yeah. So the one thing I want to say before I get away from this is I asked for feedback from other users uh, to my what 80,000 or so Instagram followers and oh my god my inbox almost exploded <laughs> so the main thing I want to say is I got a lot of people telling me if you have an IUD be careful when you remove it because it can create a suction on your cervix oh my god and pull out or dislodge your IUD toilet plunger your own like yes so that's fucking terrifying and then I had a bunch of other people when I shared that answer Because I'm like, wow, this is a health hazard. People should know about this. When I shared that answer, I had some people say, well, I asked my doctor and they said that's not true. 
But then I posted that answer and I got responses from people who said, no, it happened to me. (laughs) And I know this because I felt it happen. It was painful. And then my doctor said, yes. So if, when, if you use it, you have to kind of fold it in half before you try to take it out. Oh, to break the the suction. Absolutely. Um, And then in talking to one of my best friends, she said that happened to her too. So it yanked her IUD out of place. So what have we learned about doctors? Um, They can be wrong. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So we can definitely move on from the menstrual cup thing, but I did want to bring all of that up. If you have ever had your IUD dislodged by your menstrual cup, write to us. Tell us at pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com. We're talking a little bit about giving customer feedback in this episode. You had a lift experience. I did have a lift experience. So I want you to tell your story and I hear, I work with so many strippers that take Lyft or Uber um, because if they want to drink, they don't want to drive, you know, they want to have the option or maybe just some of them don't drive. It's supposed to be the safer option. Totally. And I hear it all the time. Girls are like, Oh my God, this dude picked me up and he saw the address where we were going to a strip club. And he's like, what do you do there? Do you dance naked? Do you have a boyfriend? Ooh, this is turning me on. Like that shit happens to them all the fucking time. Wow. And a lot of people don't report it because they're like, well, he knows where I live. So shit. Yeah. But what happened with you? Who were you with? So I was with my boyfriend at the time and uh, we were going to a bar. Uh, This was in California. And um, we were taking our lift, uh, merrily riding along in silence, uh, not having any sort of conversation with our Uber driver whatsoever. And uh, were you in a Lyft or an Uber? <laughs> Lyft, because you have converted me to uh, be more ethical company. Oh, um, and supposedly uh, ethical company. Yeah, well, better than Uber. Um, <laughs> in how they handle sexual assaults in the past. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we were riding along, and we are at a stoplight, and a woman crosses the crosswalk uh, with a man, and her hair is long, blonde, and about down to her ankles. Mm. and i'm like internally thinking like oh that's cool probably takes a lot of maintenance though but that's cool and then our driver out of the blue goes wow imagine what it would be like to tear that shit up from behind (sighs) that shit would be wild and me and my boyfriend kind of look at each other because we can't believe what this man has just said and we're also thinking at the same time that like he would definitely not have fucking said that if he were in a car with a woman, um, Mm -hmm. which it's very interesting what men will say around each other Mm -hmm. or what they perceive to be like other supportive males when it comes to making condescending comments. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he was just going on about it and he was just like, yeah, tearing that shit up would be wild. What does that mean? Her hair or like her pussy or Uh, her ass? I think tearing up her tearing up her pussy quote unquote um and like i don't know having to manage the hair that whole situation (laughs) and like where would the Uh, hair go like i i really hope i don't get hair on me while i'm trying to assault this woman that would be so annoying but yeah so and of course he had the the windows rolled up so she didn't hear it but we did and me being the annoyingly following up type of person that i am uh decided not to confront this angry white man who i had no idea how he would react 
Uh, I'm white as well, but I mean, I'm still scared of angry white men. (laughs) Um, And he was also slurring when he said this. Mm. Uh, And his driving wasn't the best. So what I did was I reported him to Lyft. I said that he made comments that were of a sexually inappropriate nature towards a woman who we were driving by. Uh, that both me and my boyfriend had heard it and that he was also slurring and um, that his behavior was disconcerting. Mm -hmm. And about within an hour later, um, I got an email from uh, Lyft that said that his access to the application had been disabled, Mm -hmm. uh, which meant that he could not drive or work for them. Uh, And I imagine that his case would go under review. Um, but the fact that, uh, he was slurring was apparently in their email reply to me was what concerned them the most. Um, and in the email reply, they said, we do not tolerate any forms of sexual harassment. We also do not tolerate any drivers possibly being under the influence while driving and they blocked him from the app. Hmm. Um, but it made me think, and it did make me think about what if it hadn't been me and my boyfriend in that car what if it had been two straight bros from, I don't know, like some frat or like two older like men or like, I I wonder what made it okay in his mind Mm -hmm. to say that to us. Maybe it was because he he perceived us as younger. This was a man probably in his late forties or maybe early fifties. Um, and we're both obviously in our twenties. We look like we're in our Mm twenties and he maybe thought that it would be something that we would like agree with him on. Uh, our response was a very passionate dead silence. Oh my God. um, Because we, first of all, were almost at our destination. And second (laughs) of all, didn't know how he would react. And, uh, when someone is literally in control of the car that you're in, you don't want to mess around with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just not something you want to do. And um, especially like when you're not straight, you also have a little bit less sense of safety when it comes to being around angry straight men. Mm-hmm. So um, that was something I felt that would better be handled by the company who could actually take action rather than me just admonishing him or something and him either replying in like a rude way or, or mm-hmm. saying nothing because like he didn't want a bad rating. And I'm like, well, I, d- I don't want to give you a bad rating. I just want to get you fired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if they'll explain to him why, cause that would be, that would be helpful. I it feel would like be helpful, you know? Yeah. And I hope that he doesn't go on to drive for Uber because <laughs> <sighs> right. I probably open, they'd, they'd be like, be like, open welcoming arms (laughs) i wonder i wonder um i actually have a friend who failed a background check for driving for uber because when he was working at a liquor store he sold beer to someone underage who had a fake id who was actually an olcc person and he got oh yeah no he got in trouble for furnishing alcohol to a minor it was a sting so wait so like even if they have a fake id mm-hmm. well it was a crappy fake id oh okay so he didn't do like a like proper he, check the, or yeah something? exactly like a, my I friends know that some locations have like special machines for that no th- this they don't it was just a, a small little uh local gas station but so he he admitted he said it was the end of my shift i'd worked graves i was fucking exhausted this guy flashed an id he looked old enough like i was like sure whatever he's like and then i got fucking Oh, just kidding. Like badge or some shit. So on his record now, he has that he was furnishing alcohol to a minor. That's some shady shit. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. I felt really bad for him. Another, um, another pin in the OLCC's uh, line of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So um, 
that's one of those things where, and with my friend, I was like, damn, you really need a job too. So I felt bad for his, like, it'll come off his record, I think, in a, after 10 years, I believe. I could be wrong wow. about that. That's a this, long time though. Yeah. It's already been like seven or so years, but he had forgotten about it. And when yeah. he did his background check for Uber, that one popped up. So yeah. maybe this place won't hire him, but it would be nice. That's the thing. If you're going to fire someone or break up with them or let them go or stop talking to them, if you can, it's nice if you tell them why. So they have the opportunity to change the behavior. Yeah. If you can. Um, I made a, a polite comment, but as far as you said, you didn't feel safe, like admonishing or whatever. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Cause the last time I was in a lift, I remember someone hauled ass through a yellow and then a red light without using their blinker. And I was like, oh, that was a bit fast. And the driver said something to me like, oh, it was fine. And I said, no, I heard tires squealing. And my friend just kind of <laughs> looked at me like, please stop. <laughs> well, and, yeah, because like you're you're literally in like a vehicle that might weigh several tons depending on the vehicle. Yeah, and you're just like, this person is in control of it. They can decide where we're going. I'm not paying to be and, in a death uh, trap, motherfucker. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It, it can be scary and I imagine that it's a lot scarier for women or for people of color or for anyone who's disenfranchised or a minority or othered to be like in a position where you have to deal with someone who has power over you temporarily um, or permanently but like in a system of power where you don't have any anyway yeah mm-hmm. and you're like your option is to either exit the vehicle while it's like rolling or uh to like cancel your ride and call another lift and um which is awkward yeah and you just sometimes you don't want to be in that position because you also don't know how people will react i've had an uber driver actually scream at me and this was when I was 18 years old, uh, ba- very baby-faced. I didn't have any ID on me. And uh, Uber's rules are that you can't drive uh, minors mm. by themselves. Mm. And um, I would totally understand if he had been like, I'm sorry, but you look under 18. I can't drive you. Uh, please exit the vehicle. Mm-hmm. But this man literally screamed at me in his pickup truck mm-hmm. and like screamed at me to get out. Um, and then sped off and I I reported him for like just verbal assault, like just like being absolutely rude. Um, but I never got an email back on that one. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So like you, you definitely, we, we put ourselves in positions of like vulnerability in a lot of aspects that we don't think about. And it's kind of concerning too, because like a lot of people who use these services like Lyft and Uber are often intoxicated because mm-hmm. it's basically replaced designated drivers um, for a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, because it's a safer option. Uh, or if you don't have friends, let's be honest, if yeah. you don't have reliable friends. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, or if your designated driver gets drunk. <laughs> yeah. Which has happened a lot in my friend group back in high school. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, when my designated, when my designated driver started doing lines of hydrocone off her key i was like okay um i'm calling hydrocodone hydrocodone oh yeah my God. i was just like maybe it's time it's to time call lift. i've never oof. yeah sounds like a lot yeah driving through the santa cruz mountains too yeah. all right well <laughs> so let's switch gears we're gonna introduce uh some new recurring segments this season but this one you'll recognize it's time for bad bitches in history <laughs> Cue music. <laughs> John, cue music. Doom, 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 doom. Oh my God. 
Everybody dance now. All right. Uh, so, Mark. I want to thank uh, MarshaP.org for getting back to me with reliable resources. Let's talk about Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha P. Johnson was born August 24th, 1945, uh, at the time with a penis and a different name. That is worth mentioning because Marsha recalls first trying on dresses at age five, but she says she stopped when the neighbor boys noticed and became sexually aggressive with her. She was the child of a single mother who did not support or encourage her child's gender bending. Um, It was also in the 50s and 60s, so a lot harder for parents to know what's up. Marsha recalls moving out at 18 with a high school diploma, $15, and some clothing. Wow. Yeah. She legally changed her name to Marsha P. Johnson. The P stood for, she said, pay it no mind. At age, me too, 22 in 1966 after moving to New York. So the psychiatric uh, professionals of America and around the world at this time still said that homosexuality was a disease. And in the 60s, gay people were still receiving electric shocks and torture in institutions and being examined for their orientation. So it was a very dangerous time to be out. In New York's Greenwich Village in the 60s, Friends recall her wearing extravagant hats, jewelry, sometimes decorative lights, fuzzy (laughs) fuzzy slippers. She was a loving and lighthearted lady strolling down the street with her hair up in beer can rollers. What a beautiful day it is, she could be heard saying. Uh, One of her friends is quoted as saying, when I think of Marsha, I think of her as being someone who kids today that are gay know nothing about, which is a shame really, because she's one of the reasons they're sitting in all their liberated glory. Marsha paid the price for who she was. Marsha is sometimes named as having thrown the first brick in regards to the Stonewall Inn riots. Marsha herself said that she and her friend Sylvia Rivera were actually arriving at the gay bar that was being raided by police by the time the fights had already started. But gay pride today actually exists because of the Stonewall Inn fights. The cops regularly would bust these establishments and fine them for drinking after uh, bar time hours or just in general. Marsha once said, I have been beaten, I have been arrested, I have lost my job for gay rights. Pride is commemoration of the queers who fought back against that routine police raid of their establishment and hangout. Marsha and Sylvia Rivera helped found the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, now called the Street Transgender Action Revolutionaries, or STAR, This was with the purpose to organize for homeless or runaway trans kids or people to build a community and live together. Sylvia says that Star was for the street gay people, the street homeless people, and anybody that needed help at the time. Marcia said it was her goal to try and keep trans kids off the streets. She was trans, she was black, she was sparkly, she was a sex worker, and she was a drag queen. And she was apparently blocked from a lot of mainstream LGBTQ organizing because of her identity, her street sex work, her street hustles, and because of her HIV positive status when she was diagnosed in 1990. Marsha referred to anyone brought off the streets into the star homes as children, and she was called the Queen Mother. Queen came from her love of dressing in drag and performing at drag balls. Like, the only reason that... um, 
what's his name now? Famous drag queen. RuPaul. RuPaul exists is because of these people. Yeah. Yeah. She was an AIDS rights activist and worked with a group called ACT UP from 1987 to 1992. Her death in 1992 was mysterious. Her body was found in the Hudson River in New York and police and investigators ruled her death a suicide, but people who knew her said that she was not suicidal, especially not at that time. She'd also been harassed previously and thrown into that river by some men. And witnesses recall that she had been harassed that day by men on the street near to that area. Wow. There has been no criminal investigation into the death of Marsha P. Johnson, but her status from suicide to undetermined was changed in 2002. There are a couple of films. Netflix had one, uh, The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson, uh, there is another one. Ooh, go to marshap.org. Find them if you want to donate to fund their website and some resources. If you ever wonder why people don't want cops at Pride, it's because Pride was created in response to the abuse that the queer community had been suffering at the hands of cops. No, actually, Pride was created for uh, corporations to sell things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it certainly has become that. <laughs> Just put a rainbow on a water bottle. It's rainbow fine. Rainbow washing. So Marsha P. Johnson, look her up. MarshaP.org. Thank you. And that was our bad bitch in history. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh there's a great photo actually sorry before i get away from that there's a photo on uh, medium.com there's a written piece called you can't have pride without marcia p johnson written by ishmael bishop in june of 2018 and there's a photo if you scroll down they're marching in the streets it's black and white and she's holding a water cooler which like if you're marching in the streets holding a water cooler like around your shoulder that's, that's a some heavy shit well it's a good idea too it was a little one yeah but that's a good idea to be like hello my children have some water from your cuppies Aww. i can just see that i love it it's adorable it's adorable all right let's take a break we know that masturbation is one of the healthiest ways we can remind ourselves that we are worthy and capable of pleasure which is why i'm excited to tell you about unbound a women-founded and run startup dedicated to making design-centric vibrators that are body-safe and affordable, starting at $18. You'll get 10% off your order of $35 or more at unboundbabes.com with the code STRANGEBEDFELLOWS. Visit Unbound Babes to view their full line of pleasure products. Are you a Portland-area sex worker seeking a judgment-free therapy provider? Margaret King is a trauma-informed and sex-positive mental health counselor serving kinky and swerking peoples in the Portland metro area. Attunement Psychotherapy offers clients a variety of creative interventions to assist in their sharing process, including transpersonal perspectives, somatic awareness, art making, and dream work. Contact attunementpsychotherapy.com or call 971-271-0633. To learn more about scheduling an appointment in our southeast office welcome back to strange bedfellows uh just a reminder that you can find us on patreon.com strange bedfellows and support us there if you want to throw us a dollar uh, we have exclusive behind the scenes content and exclusive peeks at things that are to come mm -hmm. come, come. <laughs> 
We were talking about cum before. Something I will swallow, but you will not. Yeah, I I have to really be in the mood and also really be close. Well, we both have to really be close to the person to know yeah, their STI status and all that, that stuff. But yeah. yeah, the texture, even if it's not the taste, the texture just I just don't yeah. like it. The the texture I can deal with, the taste if it's bad I cannot. I will I've literally gotten out of a car walk to the side of a movie Ugh. theater parking lot, which was three stories up, and just spit it out over the side and prayed it didn't hit anyone. Oh but, my God, you didn't look down? I mean, like, I was just so disgusted. I thought I was going to throw up. Why couldn't you and just And then I looked the down ground? and there was no one else there because I didn't want the guy to see. Oh. I, th- I wanted him to think oh. I was just leaning over the edge, oh. like, you know, taking in the view when I was really taking what? out the cum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to, and we don't want to cum shame anybody. I wish that I liked semen. Like, I wish that it was a kink of mine. It's just yeah. never been. You can also improve the taste of your cum with a healthier diet, quitting things like like smoking i was just saying this last night yeah yeah i told the lady i was like pineapple juice she's yeah. like oh really yeah like, or yeah. pineapple tablets they have the the same pills fruit uh, yeah just eat some if you can eat some fruit lots that's of nice. fruit and vegetables and um some not some vegetables though not like the iron rich ones like broccoli or oh asparagus God. that'll uh, make that'll uh, make yeah uh, that will actually make your cum worse yes uh, i've read about this no that's not a no. old wives tale yes what you put in your body impacts what comes out of your body um, it's kind of like if you put like sugar in a gas can, like it's not yeah. going to work. You have to put good fuel in Asparagus your parts. Asparagus flavored cum now mm. at Walmart. Mm. <laughs> for him and her. <laughs> it's God. a dark green bottle for him. It's a light green for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the him is camo. Uh, see what an asshole. You didn't even look over the edge. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, I, to be fair, at the time I was 15 and okay. he was like 19. Yeah. Okay. So this is why I said we should never like really hold like teenagers like accountable for crimes the way we do adults because their brains aren't fully developed and like, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> perfect and, example. Uh, by the way, that exact same parking lot uh, years later while I was driving around with it uh, within it with my dad uh, practicing driving for the first time ever, we were pulled over by a security patrol. And I found out that that entire parking lot is covered in security cameras. (gasps) So what I did not know was that just like two years previous, I had been probably on tape, like (sighs) blowing a guy in a car, and they had decided that they would rather not go out there and stop that situation. Well, that was nice of them. Honestly, kind of, yeah. It would have been really awkward. And yeah. uh, hopefully my mouth would have not been filled with cum because oh. I would not have been able to talk back. Oh, you know what? <laughs> there was a... We'll go, I swear we're going to do listener questions. But there was a guy once who... Um, and I was going in... I was not a very good, like, kind communicator at the time. But I remember I was like... I was like, hey, I'm going to fuck with him because he knew that I, I wasn't really down with semen, like swallowing it just in general. Yeah. Like even like mayonnaise I didn't eat for a long time. When yeah. I am when I have mucus, it bothers me. Like I spitting bothers me. It's just my thing. Like yeah. I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum, but it's my thing that I unfortunately have to deal with. And I wish that wasn't the case. But I remember blowing this dude. I was come hater. I know. Put it on the Internet. El Stanger hates come. <laughs> um, but I remember blowing him and he came and I I just moved my hand. I spit it into my right hand and I just like wiped it underneath his car seat. Oh my God. And then I like came back up and I was like, hi. And he's like, did you? And I was like, I don't know. Did I? Maybe that comes still there. Oh no, it is. that car. It is. Yeah. No, that car has had way worse. Like, um, 
but I, 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 I wish I could remember this and this might be a thing where my brain tells tricks and lies to me. But I feel like after I stopped seeing him, I told him, I was like, by the way, it's under your seat. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I, te- I said that to him. If not, I just fantasized it. But <laughs> oh, moving on. Um, Either way. What a thought. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a thought. Uh, all right. So listener questions. I got a lot of these in one week. I don't know. It was like bus stuff week. Do you want to read this one? So we have a listener question, and it is about butt stuff. I want to try anal with my boyfriend, but I've never done it successfully before. I always feel self-conscious and dirty when that comes into question, but I also wonder if I'm missing out. Do partners care about the logistics of it? Is there anything to read, perhaps other people's stories that can help me prepare and satisfy him too? Thank you in advance. Mm. I'm looking at anal pleasure and health a guide for men and women by jack morin phd uh this is a third edition i i don't believe he's still living apologies if he is but i don't know what's the most recent copy but this is a great book uh you can get it used for like 12 bucks um john you know a lot about anal stuff and i went through an anal phase so we've had this conversation before but we'll have it again so prep. Let's start let's start with like preparing your body for butt stuff. Logistics. Logistics. And not even like going through this process like the night you're like, okay, I'm gonna do anal. Because you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. But just in general, if your only time that you come into contact with your butthole is when you're wiping your ass after you take a shit, no wonder you're gonna feel self conscious and dirty. You yeah. don't spend any time with your butthole when it's in a different state. Yeah. And any part of your body that can be beautiful can also be fucking disgusting. Look at your know, pink eye. <laughs> like eyes are beautiful, but when you have an infection, gross. Yeah. You know, so spend time with your butthole in a way that feels good to you. Um, if that means shave like trimming your butthole waxing get a hand mirror get a hand mirror exfoliate um you know like i i've had my butthole waxed i've had electrolysis i put glitter on it when i dance sometimes i love my butthole i decorate it (laughs) i've seen your glittery butthole at lucky devil and i definitely recommend people go in and see it thank you yes at the club if i'm still at lucky devil lounge when you hear this then you're welcome to see my glittery butthole um But first of all, yeah, spend some time with your butthole in a way that feels cute and like more comfortable to you. Um, Don't get hung up on the color. Like buttholes can be any color. Yeah. Buttholes come in every shade of like color. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of them. So yeah, I've lined up in the mirror with my girls at work sometimes. We're like, oh, yours is a dusty rose. Mine's a mauve. You know, (laughs) mine's kind of a plum color. What is this, like a Rihanna lip palette? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> should be um so yeah so there's that um i would say the days that you want to do butt stuff and this is stuff that people who are in anal porn do like find a comfortable diet that works for you so you know your yes. your flow of so there is potty. short-term planning and there is long-term planning for anal sex so i'm going to start with short-term short-term what you can do is you can invest in baby wipes Mm, Um, hygiene wipes Mm -hmm. uh, hygiene wipes so find something that's non-irritable doesn't contain chlorine is really soft and works for you Um, you can clean yourself that way 
Uh, enemas are also an option. Uh, if you do them safely and correctly, uh, you can clean out your insides. Uh, I don't recommend doing it often because uh, it's just better to, for your body to have like its natural rhythm, but you can do them several times a week without any problem. I wouldn't do them every day, twice a day. You oh, know? enemas. Yeah, just with water. Yeah, just water. Water. Or don't saline use, flush. Um, don't use anything else. Yeah, just your basic go-to enema from Walgreens will cost you about $3 or something. So. Yeah, use warm water, not hot. Yeah. And um, if you're worried about... First of all, I'm assuming that the question, since it says, I want to try anal with my boyfriend, I'm going to... It's a cis woman. It's a cis woman? Mm -hmm. Okay, so... <laughs> Don't be worried about his pleasure. Um, <laughs> he's going to be fine. Um, he will probably be able to pleasure you by putting pressure on the cavities of your vaginal walls. Um and that can stimulate some sensation, but he is definitely going to have a good time if you have never had anal sex before because you are going to be tight as fuck. Mm. I cannot stress this enough. Take your time. Use lots of lube. Those are the secret keys to success and people don't follow them. People think taking your time means taking a minute. Mm -mm. If you need to, take 10 minutes. Take, yeah, take, take 15, 15. Take 20. Take 20. What's Let it rush? go in, out. Like you don't have to. If if he tries to put his entire penis in you all at once, mm -mm. break up with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but jokes aside, um, you have to go very slow, especially if it's your first time, unless you practice on yourself, which is another option. So there are anal beads, which you can progressively work up. Uh, you can finger yourself, which is something that you can play around with, which is probably more comfortable and takes less work than having to go out and uh, buy anal beads. Um, you can do exercises. Um, well, that's actually to tighten yourself up, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> anal giggles, hashtag. Um, but, uh, but clenches, but, um, and then for long-term planning, I recommend a high fiber diet, uh, because it's going to leave you high, dry and clean, um, for any anal sex you want to have, um, mm -hmm. which is always more pleasant for both partners when, you know that you have, if you have any sort of shame around that, um, about feeling unclean or around like worrying that you're going to like have like shit on someone's dick, basically, if we're you, being you, real about You it. will have shit on someone's dick if you do anal sex enough. It's going to happen. It will happen at some and point. And that's fine. And it's happened to me. It's and, happened to me. Um, and I'm really lucky that I'm, I'm a really body positive person. Um, so far as everyone else in the world is involved. <laughs> As for myself, I still have some work to do. So I actually had a little experience to share where I um, had a little bit of a mishap, but my boyfriend was super supportive. It was barely noticeable. But to me, I was just like, I, I analyze every detail of analyzed. situation. I analyzed this one hardcore. I was like, oh, well, there are a few drops of brown on your bed and um, I'm going to go. I literally went, I shit you not. No pun intended. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I shit you not. I went into the other room and closed the door because I felt so uncomfortable with myself. Aww. And I was like, and he was like, he didn't understand. He thought that like I had, he'd done something wrong Aww. or something like that. And later I explained that to him and he hugged me and he said, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Like, 
be as body positive with yourself as you are with me and with everyone else. And yeah, people like, poop. Yeah, they do. And sometimes um, not when we want to be poopy. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily poop. Like, you can just have the mixture of lube and whatever is currently, um, like, there can be just droplets of brown and, like, that will come out of your ass. Like, it, things happen. Let's get Didn't real Nicki about Minaj write a song called Truffle Butter, which is about yeah. semen mixed with shit? So, yeah, it's all perspective. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I mean, you can glorify it, too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. So definitely prepare for it because it's not something that you want to go into blind. Um, I have you... some thoughts. Yes. On everything you just said. I want to hear. Um, yeah. What you said about don't worry about his pleasure so much, because if if your boyfriend's being penetrated, then you would be the one who's the care care provider. Like you're worrying about not hurting him, but you're the one being penetrated. So t- tell your boyfriend your concern. Tell him that you heard that you need, we need to go slowly. We need lube. I'm going to prep beforehand and you don't have to be like, I'm going to take an enema. You, you can say, I'm going to prepare as best I can, whatever. Yeah. Use a condom also if you're insecure about it or if you're worried about it. A condom will definitely reduce that. And what's really nice, here's a, here's a trick I learned. I hope my boyfriend isn't listening to the podcast, but he is. Um, <laughs> squeeze your ass when they pull the condom and their dick out and uh, anything that is on it will stay inside of your ass. Oh, yeah. Tighten your butt up and then just yeah. kind of clench and hold until exactly. you waddle to the toilet and then voila. Yeah, voila. Um, <laughs> Got it. A condom can also reduce friction. Um, and then also if you want to go from like fucking in your butt and then back to your pussy you just take the condom off yeah or swap the condom yeah so i would swap the condom or or take or, it off but uh one thing that people don't realize is just because you've used a lot of lube in the beginning doesn't mean that that lube isn't going to evaporate or sink into your skin reapply you need to reapply yeah keep it near keep some water near and uh, for men out there who want to do anal sex with their partners apply at the base of your shaft for the love of god <laughs> bottoms and women everywhere are begging you to do it you apply it at the tip of your dick as if there's some sort of golden key entry port and then the rest of your dick is just magic but no we need it we to need be it all up. the way down yes uh and reapply often yeah uh, reapply but often. once once a couple minutes have passed i promise you I'm sorry you have to hear this, but it will be painful the first couple minutes. Not necessarily. Uh, unless you have a different experience than I do. My personal experience that I can speak from was it was painful the first couple minutes. Um, and then it became very pleasurable because once you start hitting that G spot. Uh, once prostate. Yeah. For the, the male G spot would be the, the prostate gland. Um, then things start to get fun. But uh, you can you can definitely have a little bit of an intense experience at first. I was watching the show special on Netflix the mm-hmm. other day and he goes to a sex worker and they have a really positive portrayal of the sex worker. But what I didn't like was that they had him being penetrated within the span of three seconds mm. without any reaction whatsoever. And he was a complete virgin. Mm. And I was like, mm. and his reaction was like, mm, that feels good. And I'm <laughs> like, I think that that happens to very few people so i thought okay maybe it's just me so i asked my boyfriend when you were penetrated for the first time was it pleasurable and he went oh fuck no like we had a ton of lube and it hurt like a bitch like and then he i asked him well when you fucked your last boyfriend like did he like how how did that go and he went and he actually screamed in pain like Oof. we had to stop and Oof. slow down like well there's definitely i mean buttholes can 
man we just dived right in but <laughs> think about the biggest turd you've ever had like obviously your butthole can open that much absolutely but when it needs it's to relax. it needs to relax you need to relax and one of the ways that will help is try to have if you're a person who has orgasms try to have an orgasm or three before you even go to your <laughs> butt because all the blood is going to engorge around that area and it's really going to encourage um, feelings of pleasure and then yeah not pain and just relaxation yeah massaging the area around it can also mm, relax it mm-hmm. uh, circular breathing can help mm-hmm. um, circular breathing is inhaling to exhaling and just keeping it constantly yeah so you inhale through your nose exhale through, through your mouth hold it for a second in between and uh, that Keep also actually that. helps with anxiety around that. So if you can relax your body and your mind, you can also relax your butthole. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can also, a trick is to pretend that you are trying to push something out, um, which can actually cause your butthole to dilate a little bit, mm. um, which is a, a technique that helps sometimes. Um or if you're extremely adventurous and into drugs, poppers. But, no, uh, <laughs> no, no. We'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. We can leave that in. That's like, that's a very real thing. That's and, a very par- the real gay part men, of gay culture. Yeah, it's a real gay male culture thing. For especially. those who do not know, uh, your local VHS store carries something called <laughs> VHS <Popper> store. store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be, they were called VHS videotape head cleaners, but people sniff them. It was started, I think, really big in the 80s. Yeah. Um, people don't do them anymore as much. It's it's they, pretty rare. Yeah, it's among young Among the younger communities who actually don't even know about it. Like, I mentioned it to my boyfriend, and he was like, poppers? What, what's good. that? And I'm like, you're two years older than me. You should know this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good that that's falling out of fashion. because It definitely is, because you shouldn't have to take drugs to dilate your butthole. You should be able to get there naturally as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then if you do take drugs, not something as extreme and harsh as poppers which also put you in a completely different mindset those fuck with your head mm-hmm. um what you want to do is maybe at best like if you are someone who is inclined uh to having a drink beforehand that can help um a little bit of marijuana might help uh anything that you find that relaxes you it doesn't even have to be a drug it can be an activity um if you exercise beforehand and you feel like that releases a lot of endorphins for mm-hmm. you that could be a great alternative um just anything that brings you comfort and pleasure and relaxation is going to help you when you go into that situation mm-hmm. and then maybe you'll have some buttgasms like have you had a buttgasm i've gotten the closest i've ever gotten was with my boyfriend okay. uh, and he made me pre-cum a huge amount um but i was not able to reach climax but i got really really close like he was hitting my prostate to the point where i was like actually moaning in pleasure Mm. rather than fake moaning in pleasure which is what i do 90 percent of the time of my like past experiences Mm -hmm. um it also helps that he has an eight inch dick so um yeah you're welcome (laughs) why does that help that would make it harder for me Uh, i stop at seven seven and beyond i can barely get bee's dick in my butt (laughs) i know that was a lot of the reason is because you're tall there's more girthiness so what what it causes is there's more pressure applied to the prostate gland um so i mean and you can have long skinny penises but he has like a girthy thick boy cock so like we're talking big dick boy here and, and he's so short. You're too, welcome. Which is so funny. Yeah, he's shorter than me. He's gonna hate me so much after listening to this. But anyway, um, so basically, the more pressure that's applied to the prostate gland in a repetitive manner is the same way that 
you would be maybe um uh, let's say stimulating a clitoris G- like or a you're, you're repetitive or a g-spot uh, repetitive stimulation of an area that causes you pleasure mm-hmm. um and if you're if you're nervous about it, have a talk with it about your with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Um, just try to keep in mind that you're both going to have to go into it being body positive, unless you want to take the risk of there being a negative experience. Because if you go if you both go into it being body positive and taking your time, um, you're going to probably have a high success rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you don't go into it being body positive and someone has an accident or if there's just basically like uh, poop or any sort of like material that comes out that you don't want coming out, that can make the situation extremely uncomfortable for both or one of you. So uh, I definitely recommend having a talk beforehand and not going into it um, uh, buttholes closed. <laughs> <laughs> God. So let's get to this next question. Um, this is on biphobia. This is so fun. A so, very real thing, by the mm-hmm. way, which I have participated in and I'm glad that I no longer do. You know what? I can't say I'm actually guilty of participating in biphobia. Um, I've participated in other things I'm not proud of that I, I can't think of any examples, but I'm sure they'll come up over the season. But uh, yeah, here's a fun question. Um, I had a crush on a girl for a year or so, and I asked her out. She said no. When I asked her why, she said, I don't date bisexual men. I was kind of shocked. And then she added, I don't put dicks in my mouth that have been in other guys' mouths. She added the classic trope, and I've heard this so many times, that she can't trust bisexual men because we're, quote, more likely to cheat. I said she was horrible for thinking that way, and she said that it's, quote, my body, my choice. Um, yes, it's her body and her choice. I would never force on it anything on her, but it hurts to be refused for something that is part of your identity. Hmm. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, I feel like that girl is really limited in her perspective. I think that that's like a STD. I think that that feels like residual, like HIV phobia. You know what I mean? To me, it feels more like ingrained toxic masculinity i think that she sees men who sleep with other men as not normal um i there definitely could be a component of that uh but i i feel as though a lot of women see men who are bisexual as not as masculine as their straight mm-hmm. counterparts mm-hmm. and that can be a turnoff for them if they've been in raised in environments by other toxic males who have taught that behavior indirectly through their actions and words and Mm -hmm. behaviors um but i i've definitely been guilty of this to be honest by phobia not because i thought that um someone would cheat uh but by phobia in the sense that i was i was in high school i was a senior and there was another senior who was going to pride and i went to, to pride with him we came back we went to my house and um we we almost uh like slept together uh and we had a good time and stuff and he went home and we we kind of hung out and talked more but i realized that in our conversations i was bringing up the fact that he was bi a lot because mm. he self-identified as bi and i was like oh well you're you're probably just like you know you've been raised in a heteronormative culture and you just think that you're bi which of course me coming from a gay guy <laughs> who like was been told like 
many, many times over and over, including by my parents, that like I was going through a phase. I should have known so much fucking better, but I was a senior in high school, so I was an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was nicely, I was nice about it. But I, I realized that I was trying to kind of bring him over to the quote unquote gay side mm-hmm. because I saw it as something that I could identify more solidly. Because bisexual people can often be seen as these mythical, mysterious creatures because we do not talk about them and they are not represented in media and they are not represented in like Unless television. they're hot women that look like me making out with other women. Yeah. But in that's which case, it. it's hot and all and men want to watch and yeah. do threesomes. And if you don't want to do a threesome, well, then you're a prude. Fag. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think the misogyny comes into play. Um, and then also what do we do with men in this culture with again, gender roles is we prize like the strongest, the toughest, the most aggressive. Yeah. So that's like a, our concepts of masculinity. What's tougher than fucking another guy? (laughs) Sorry. I just had to throw that out there. (laughs) What's tougher (laughs) than fucking another guy? Yeah. Um, so the good thing is here is you don't have to change her mind because she's not someone that you're good for anyway, like compatibility yeah. and beliefs wise. Um, I've heard that before too. Like I don't, tr- I don't date bisexual people because you're more likely to cheat on me. And it's like, well, if you already think that any other man is a threat and now you're worried of any other woman, like I know I say this a lot, but there's seven fucking billion people in the world. So if the first three and a half billion was like an option, <laughs> <laughs> then <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just, yeah. it's like an extreme insecurity and like a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. He should um, have just replied to her like, oh no, I would have cheated on you even if I was straight. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any any suggestion or any like positive knowledge we could impart for someone in this kind of situation. In that situation, I would say you got lucky. You got lucky that early on you found out that this person was a turd. A turd. Um, had you been straight, you would have still had to engage with that same type of jealous behavior and paranoia around being cheated on in a toxic fashion uh, that probably stems from a different place than biphobia, but still smells of the same like shittiness. Um, And I think you, you dodged a bullet there and I'm, and I'm sorry that that was someone you were pursuing for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I say queer now because in order to be bisexual, I guess it's the concept for a lot of people, just the way language works that you're attracted to cis men and cis women. But queer, I feel like is an umbrella term for like, you could be trans or gender fucking or, you know what I mean? Um, So in order to believe in orientation, you have to have ideas about gender. So does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. So I had a friend ask me, she said, what's the difference between bisexual and queer? And I said, I used to call myself bisexual because I only thought about dating men and women in terms of cis men and cis women. And then I was, I started dating trans people. And then I started dating people who had experienced different like gender identities, like over a span of time. So I'm not just attracted to men and women. I'm attracted to all people, regardless of their gender, if that makes sense. 
But wouldn't that be pansexuality? Yeah, I I use queer instead of pansexual because okay. I feel like pansexual um, is confusing to a lot of people. And I also, it's more syllables I don't want to say. Let's be real. We're all just <laughs> queers. There's a lot of the queerness. Um, and queer also could be anything. It's like the term pervert. Uh, yeah. It used to be used the term pervert. And to pervert away from something really just means to turn away from what's normal. Yeah. Quote normal. So queer to me just kind of means like, it could be anything. It's really dependent. Yeah. Um, but hey, to this listener, and this is one of the trade-offs of being a bisexual slash queer person in terms of orientation, um, you probably can pass as a hetero person. So you're safer in a general regard than like a gay effeminate person. So at least out in the world, it can suck being bi because yes, we're ignored and we're not real. But if you're like visibly gay, I feel like life is in general harder. So I don't feel too bad. I don't feel as bad for bi and like queer people like myself as I do for people like you who like walking down the street, all your relationships might be a political issue to someone. Yeah. Whereas like maybe only half of mine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. Take no, I, uh, I get no breaks from that one. You do not. Let's take a break now. Have you ever wanted to make a replica of your favorite penis or vulva? Clone a Willy and Clone a Pussy allow anyone to make an exact replica of a penis or vulva into a functioning sex toy at home. These DIY molding kits are ethically sourced and hand assembled in Portland, Oregon, and all materials are 100% body safe. Follow Clone a Willy on social media at Clone a Willy Kit on Instagram and Clone a Willy on Twitter. Use promo code SBPDX for 20% off clonawilly.com. Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your weekend shift at 3 a.m. on Saturdays and 4 a.m. on Sundays. These special Sin Yin classes are meant to help you wind down and improve overall health. Need a little motivation? Your first Sin Yin class is free, and they offer 15% on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and to check out other industry-friendly class times. The Institute for Sex Education and Enlightenment offers online and live training and certification for sex education and sex therapy. If you've ever dreamed of becoming a certified sex educator or a therapist prepared for clients with sexuality concerns, IC will give you the training and the credentials you need with classes online and right in Portland. Visit instituteforsexuality.com and use the code STRANGEBEDFELLOWS to get $10 off of your first webinar or class or email info at instituteforsexuality.com to ask about our certification programs. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, your self-help sex and politics podcast. Write to us, pillow talk at Strange Bedfellows PDX. Yes, that's a long email. We're sorry. Uh, find us on Instagram at Strange Bedfellows PDX, patreon.com forward slash Strange Bedfellows. Uh, so this will probably come up down the season, but over our break, I had one of my breast implants removed it had ruptured. It was causing me pain and discomfort. There was scar tissue forming around it where it was the tissue was irritated. 
Um, I have silicone implants. I chose silicone because during my consultation, my doctor said that silicone tends to look and feel more real. And saline, if it does rupture, it just, you immediately go flat because that shit it absorbs into your body. It's salt water. <laughs> so thank goodness. That I will say that I'm, I'm sorry to anyone who's had a ruptured implant out there, but like a saline implant rupturing and immediately going flat just sounds really funny. Yeah. Like, it's probably not. It's probably terrifying. But I mean, just like in like a, you know, water balloon sort of way, just like, boop. <laughs> You're just so, up on stage and like. <laughs> God, shut <titties> up. Clap. <laughs> this is my reality. This is my fear. Well, not saline, but. Yeah. So I, um. I, I had again we should I'll talk about this more fully on another episode but it was expensive my my implant did have a warranty because apparently this happens up to five percent of the time there's a rupture within the first like five or ten years wow which is not supposed to be the case a lot of people with implants apparently don't notice the rupture and it'll become really uh it's all a cap it's called a capsular contracture where the scar tissue squeezes and like forms around the implant. So Ouch. it's like a hardening and tightening. Sounds painful. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. And you said that you were able to tell the difference between that and breast cancer because breast because cancer... Because cancer doesn't usually hurt. Okay. Right. So I got seen. They're like, yes, your implant burst. It was a bunch of money at all kinds of costs that insurance didn't cover. Fucking annoying. I had a GoFundMe. Thank you, everybody who donated. That was amazing. Uh, so as I was healing about a week ago because this happened I had my surgery three weeks ago as we record this so I was looking around and I found out that as of this year the <laughs> FDA is uh meeting with Allergan the uh, manufacturer of the implants that I have to discuss safety risks associated with these after a report found that implants were linked to a rare form of cancer uh, and apparently some other women with implants have reported reactions like inflammation, soreness, and pain or breast implant illness, which is a mysterious illness. Uh, and apparently a lot of the medical community doesn't recognize this yet, but it's a new, it's a new thing. So there's a cosmetic surgeon, Dr. Jay Chun, and this doctor says that women should have should remove their implants if they're worried about any mysterious shit. So after I just got my titty fixed, I'm like, really? Really? Should have gone for the water balloons. Really? <laughs> like, literally, I'm reading this and it says Allergan silicone. I'm like, that is what I have. Well, on the other <sighs> hand, if it turns out that they do cause serious problems, you can get a fat fucking check. Ugh. I'm... As listeners are my witness, okay, if I have to have any more surgeries to my tits, I'm just going to take them out. Like, fuck implants. I'll be over it. Um, so there was a, a piece that I found. It was on insider.com. <laughs> the title. I was like, oh, this must be clickbait. And then I was clutching my chest reading it after I heard Allergan. So a woman had her celebratory photo shoot with her just removed implants after years of, quote, breast implant illness. And of course, they show you the removed implants with all the gross scar tissue and shit all over them. I'm like, <gasps> anyway, so everyone stay tuned. I guess the only reason I'm sharing that is because if you're thinking about implants and you don't need to have them, like if it's really not that important to you, um, I honestly would maybe just skip it. I can't say that having big fake boobs has changed my life in any way other than I can pose for photos more easily if my tits are out. 
and I dance naked, so I don't worry as much about what they look like when I'm in certain positions. But from what I've heard, women can do a lot with a push-up bra. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, they can. If I didn't dance naked, I wouldn't have gotten them. But research that shit. And I'm going to have a follow-up with my surgeon, and I'm going to ask them, do you know about this investigation into these? Yeah. Doctor? And uh, were there ever similar risks associated with the saline implants? With the saline? Not that I'm aware of, but saline tends to kind of ripple. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't want to have to worry about having more surgeries because you, you have to get them. Imagine how much fun it would be to poke. <laughs> ripples, ripple, ripple. God. Ripple. Like a drop in a pond. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about things in the news, uh, Coachella happened last month. Coachella happens every Ooh. year. Ooh, the music festival. What's the, the uh, what's the owner's owner of Coachella's name? Uh, Ann Schultz, Ann I think. Schultz. And he Ann gives Schultz. tons of money to anti-gay yeah. legislators. Ann Schultz. So not just one, but three to four different religious and conservative organizations and uh, conservative leaders uh, and politicians does he fund. And he denies this in public, but in private, when his tax returns were made public, it was found that he had donated uh, many millions of dollars. Ooh, 134000 to the GOP in the last election? Damn. Yeah. And this is the guy who's inviting the hippies of America and rich white girls of America mm -hmm. to come dance at their, like... Two-week-long... One or two week long year version of like Burning Man. I don't know. But like, yeah. So basically boycott Coachella. Coachella is bullshit. But there was a bunch of herpes outbreaks at the last one. Did you hear about that? Uh, I didn't hear about it, but uh, I did read the article that we. <laughs> so anytime that you spend a lot of time in the sun rubbing bodies and doing drugs with strangers there's gonna be transmission of anything uh there is a herpes tracking app called herp alert and it's reporting a quote massive outbreak that's of amazing by the way yes <laughs> just the name even <laughs> herp alert so i i looked into this a little bit because i'm like again sounds like clickbait and while clinics in like Riverside and surrounding counties said that they did not see an increase in people scheduling for screenings or medication, yeah. Herp Alert allows users of the app to self-report um, potential outbreaks um, in return for as access to doctors who can give them medic pr prescribed medication. So apparently herp alert re received at least 250 requests for herpes medication per day during the music festival. Wow. And it says most of the requests came from the area of the festival itself and the surrounding towns where people, where many festival goers were staying during the event. I'm reading from a daily wire article, Coachella attendees suffer massive herpes outbreak. So in a way, in a very immature way, and as also someone who understands that not only do I have, so I have oral herpes, I'm sure I'll acquire genital herpes at some point. I've never had an outbreak, but I'm hearing from doctors and nurses that 80 to 90% of us have some kind of herpes anyway. So I'm not trying to herpes shame, but as someone who's like, ha ha, fuck Coachella, I'm like, ha ha, fuck Coachella and herpes. <laughs> um, How amazing would it be if that herp alert app went like, could detect it and just went like, herp-a-derp, herp-a-derp, herp-a-derp. 
<laughs> you can, Sorry, I'm deviating. Continue. You can develop that one. Yeah. Um, the interaction using the app costs a flat fee of $79. So... If you can afford Coachella, you can afford that. Yeah, for sure. Coachella will cost you easily in like at least a grand. A public health official tells the OC Register that they believe the reports. Coachella, quote, is a perfect place for the herpes virus to pop up. The event typically draws around 250,000 people over the course of two spring weekends. And attendees are known to hook up, of course, but also routinely share makeup, cigarettes, and drinks. Incurring God's wrath. (laughs) Uh, It also says people get less than the typical amount of sun exposure. Oh, I'm sorry. They get more. Participants get more than the typical amount of sun exposure and less than the typical amount of sleep, which makes you more susceptible. And probably dehydrated. And dehydrated. Um, Yeah, I had a conversation with a girl last night at the club where she w- we're getting ready and she's like, Oh shit. And I was like, what? She's like I'm getting a cold sore. I was like, Oh fuck. So we talked about that for a while and just having them. We're like, what makes you get them? She's like, Oh, I was traveling. I also didn't get enough sleep. You know, like, yeah, it happens. Things but... that weaken your immune system basically. Yeah. So if you needed two reasons to skip Coachella, we just gave them to you. <laughs> herpes and the owner is a dick yeah and not a cool dick um thank you so much for joining us for our first season two episode john where can we find you online you said at metric.cafe at metric.cafe on instagram and Mm. yeah i'm stripper writer unless they kick me off again i got deactivated twice last year that was ridiculous uh find us on strangebedfellowspdx.com And thank you for listening. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind-the-scenes photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, type www.patreon.com forward slash strangebedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L. Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L. Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.